Hello everyone, welcome to Knox Bedtime Stories. I'm your friend Joey, here with another episode to help you relax, feel safe, and fall asleep. It's about midnight right here, and I'm sweating my ass off because of my old window air conditioner. I have to turn the AC on for 30 minutes to cool the room, record the podcast, and then shut it off and repeat. This is why I badly need more Patreon patrons. If you're new here, this is a bedtime story podcast like no other. For those with PTSD, depression, loneliness, bipolar disorder, insomnia, and so on. Every episode starts off with relaxing music and ambience. All stories are double and triple checked to make sure they don't trigger people. I read a good news story prior to the regular story and make you as comfortable as possible. The problem being, Doc's Bedtime Stories podcast has gone from 100 listens a night to more than 3,000 a night in the last three months. But I've gained no new patron support in a month and a half to help upgrade equipment so I can make the podcast bigger, longer, better episodes each week. If you are a Patreon member, congratulations, you made it through your first book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which I have masterfully put together so... You have the entire book on Patreon instead of just solo episodes. I removed the endings and cleaned it up for you. Now, we just need a bunch more patrons to vote on our next Patreon-only book. Which, I'm up for anything from a full Sherlock Holmes book to Pride and Prejudice. Whatever you all vote for, I will read. The more patrons, the faster and better the quality of the content. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Knox family. I hope I'm able to bring you some calm, comfort, and a good night's sleep. From here on out, nothing exists except you, me, this beautiful fireplace, and the bed, couch, or floor you're laying on. Tonight, I have the final chapters of The Wizard of Oz. Dorothy finally makes it home. I had planned on an hour and a half long Sherlock Holmes episode, but 93 degrees and no air conditioner, that's just not happening. Please, if you enjoy the podcast and the content, please join Patreon. I need upgraded equipment badly, and it's all to help you all out there. That struggle at night. Share an episode you like. Tell your friends. This can be difficult, thankless work, especially the hours and hours of editing, finding and licensing new music, and so on. Before we get to the good news story, I must ask please if you can afford it. If you would like a shout out during an episode, your name posted at KnoxBedtimeStories.com which gets thousands of views a week, extra episodes and books, which we have a dozen Patreon-only episodes up now, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Please keep leaving 5-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our rankings. 
And I know I somehow skip over them every week, but thank you to Spotify, which the podcast is growing super fast on. Just about catching up to Apple. You can do so by going to KnoxBedtimeStories.com and clicking the Join Patreon button or Patreon.com forward slash KnoxBedtimeStories. Please check out the page. If you don't like it, that's fine. At least you would have made the effort. Okay, let's get into tonight's good news story. And we'll stay away from subjects that involve people since there has been so much hate in the world fueled by our species the last few weeks. This is titled North Carolina Zoo celebrates birth of 12 critically endangered red wolf pups. The North Carolina Zoo has announced the birth of three litters of critically endangered red wolf pups born over three days. Three must be the lucky number, because we are so happy to share that we have three litters of red wolves for a total of 12 puppies, the zoo wrote on social media. The zoo now has 36 red wolves, the second largest pack in the United States. Congratulations to the North Carolina Zoo for playing an essential part in the survival of this critically endangered species, said Secretary Reed Wilson of North Carolina, Department of Natural and Cultural Resources, in a press release. These births are important because many of our wolves, once matured, have been moved out to other breeding packs to continue to help bring the species back from near extinction. Our hope is that more and more red wolves can soon be placed into the wild. That's awesome. Alright, let's get ready for bed. First and foremost, when you get into bed, say to yourself, My bedroom is a safe place of peace and relaxation. When I enter this room and crawl into bed at night, today's thoughts naturally begin to soften. My burden lightens, and sleep is coming. Alright, let's get to the last three chapters of The Wizard of Oz. Patrons, you can listen to the whole book set to sleep-inducing music and this beautiful fireplace. If you're not already laying down, please do so in whatever way is comfortable. And let's begin. The Country of the Quadlings The four travelers passed through the rest of the forest in safety, and when they came out from its gloom saw before them a steep hill, covered from top to bottom with great pieces of rock. That will be a hard climb, said the Scarecrow, but we must get over the hill nevertheless. So he led the way, and the others followed. They had nearly reached the first rock when they heard a rough voice cry out, Keep back. Who are you? asked the scarecrow. Then a head showed itself over the rock, and the same voice said, This hill belongs to us, and we don't allow anyone to cross it. 
But we must cross it, said the Scarecrow. We're going to the country of the Quadlings. But you shall not, replied the voice. And there stepped from behind the rock the strangest man the travelers had ever seen. He was quite short and stout and had a big head, which was flat at the top and supported by a thick neck full of wrinkles. But he had no arms at all, and seeing this, the scarecrow did not fear that so helpless a creature could prevent them from climbing the hill. So he said, I'm sorry not to do as you wish, but we must pass over your hill whether you like it or not. And he walked boldly forward. As quick as lightning, the man's head shot forward and his neck stretched out until the top of the head, where it was flat, struck the scarecrow in the middle and sent him tumbling over and over down the hill. Almost as quickly as it came, the head went back to the body, and the man laughed harshly as he said, It isn't as easy as you think. A chorus of boisterous laughter came from the rocks, and Dorothy saw hundreds of the armless hammerheads upon the hillside, one behind every rock. The lion became quite angry at the laughter caused by the scarecrow's mishap, and giving a loud roar that echoed like thunder, he dashed up the hill. Again, a head shot swiftly out and the great lion went rolling down the hill, as if he had been struck by a cannonball. Dorothy ran down and helped the scarecrow to his feet, and the lion came up to her, feeling rather bruised and sore, and said, It is useless to fight people with shooting heads. No one can withstand them. What can we do then, she asked. Call the winged monkey, suggested the tin woodman. You have still the right to command them once more. Very well, she answered, and putting on the golden cap, she uttered the magic words. The monkeys were as prompt as ever, and in a few moments the entire band stood before her. What are your commands, inquired the king of the monkeys, bowing low. Carry us over the hill to the country of the quadlings, answered the girl. It shall be done, said the king, and at once the winged monkeys caught the four travelers and Toto up in their arms and flew away with them. As they passed over the hill, the hammerheads yelled with vexation and shot their heads high in the air, but they could not reach the winged monkeys, which carried Dorothy and her comrades safely over the hill and set them down in the beautiful country of the quadlings. This is the last time you can summon us, said the leader to Dorothy. So goodbye and good luck to you. Goodbye and thank you very much, returned the girl. And the monkeys rose into the air and were out of sight in a twinkling. The country of the quadlings seemed rich and happy. There was fields upon fields of ripening grains, with well-paved roads running between, and pretty rippling brooks with strong bridges across them. 
The fences and houses and bridges were all painted bright red, just as they had been painted yellow in the country of the Winkies and blue in the country of the Munchkins. The Quadlings themselves, who were short and fat and looked chubby and good-natured, were dressed all in red, which showed bright against the green grass and the yellowing grain. The monkeys had set them down near a farmhouse, and the four travelers walked up to it and knocked at the door. It was opened by the farmer's wife, and when Dorothy asked for something to eat, the woman gave them all a good dinner, and with three kinds of cake and four kinds of cookies, and a bowl of milk for Toto. How far is it to the castle of Glinda? asked the child. It is not a great way, answered the farmer's wife. Take the road to the south and you will soon reach it. Thanking the good woman, they started afresh and walked by the fields, and across the pretty bridges until they saw before them a beautiful castle. Before the gates, three young girls dressed in handsome red uniforms, trimmed with gold braids as Dorothy approached. One of them said to her, Why have you come to the South Country? To see the good witch who rules here, she answered. Would you take me to her? Let me have your name and I will ask Glinda if she will receive you. They told who they were and the girl soldier went into the castle. After a few moments she came back to say that Dorothy and the others were to be admitted at once. Chapter 23 Glinda the Good Witch Chapter 23 Glinda the Good Witch grants Dorothy's wish. Before they went to see Glinda, however, they were taken to a room of the castle where Dorothy swashed her face and combed her hair, and the lion shook the dust out of his mane, and the scarecrow patted himself into his best shape, and the woodman polished his tin and oiled his joints. When they were all quite presentable, they followed the soldier girl into a big room where the witch Glinda sat upon a throne of rubies. She was both beautiful and young to their eyes. Her hair was a rich red in color and fell in flowing ringlets over her shoulders. Her dress was pure white, but her eyes were blue and they looked kindly upon the little girl. What can I do for you, my child? she asked. Dorothy told the witch all her story, how the cyclone had brought her to the land of Oz, how she had found her companions, and of the wonderful adventures they had met with. My greatest wish now, she added, is to get back to Kansas, for Aunt Em will surely think something dreadful has happened to me and that will make her put on mourning. And unless the crops are not better this year than they were last, I am sure Uncle Henry cannot afford it. Glinda leaned forward and kissed the sweet, upturned face of the loving little girl. Bless your heart, dear, she said. I am sure I can tell you of a way to get back to Kansas. 
Then she added, But if I do, you must give me the golden cap. Willingly, exclaimed Dorothy. Indeed, it is of no use to me now, and when you have it, you can command the winged monkeys three times. And I think I shall need their service just those three times, answered Glinda, smiling. Dorothy then gave her the golden cap, and the witch said to the scarecrow, What will you do with them when Dorothy has left us? I will return to the Emerald City, he replied, for Oz has made me its ruler, and the people like me. The other thing that worries me is how to cross the hill of the Hammerheads. By means of the golden cap, I shall command the winged monkeys to carry you to the gate of the Emerald City, said Glinda, for it would be a shame to deprive the people of so wonderful a ruler. Am I really wonderful? asked the Scarecrow. You are unusual, replied Glinda. Turning to the Tin Woodman, she asked, What will become of you when Dorothy leaves the country? He leaned on his axe and thought for a moment. Then he said, The Winkies were very kind to me and wanted me to rule over them after the Wicked Witch died. I am fond of the Winkies, and if I could get back to the country of the West, I should like nothing better than to rule over them forever. My second command to the winged monkey, said Glinda, will be that they carry you safely to the land of the Winkies. Your brain may not be as to look as those of the scarecrow, but you're really brighter than he is. When you are well polished, and I am sure you will rule the Winkies wisely and well. When the witch looked at the big shaggy lion and asked, When Dorothy has returned to her own home, what will become of you? Over the hill of the Hammerheads, he answered, lies a grand old forest, and all the beasts that live there have made me their king. If I can only get back to this forest, I would pass my life away very happily there. My third command to the winged monkey, said Glinda, shall be to carry you to your forest. Then, having used up the powers of the golden cap, I shall give it to the king of the monkeys, that he and his band may thereafter be free forevermore. The scarecrow and the tin man and the lion now thanked the good witch earnestly in her kindness, and Dorothy exclaimed, You are certainly as good as you are beautiful, but you have not yet told me how to get back to Kansas. Your silver shoes will carry you over the desert, replied Glinda. If you had known their power, you could have gone back to your own M the very first day you came to this country. But then, I should not have had my wonderful brains, cried the scarecrow. I might have passed my whole life in the farmer's cornfield. And I should not have had my lovely heart, said the tin woodman. I might have stood and rusted in the forest till the end of the world. And I should have lived a coward forever, declared the lion. And no beast in all the forest 
should have had word to say to me. This is all true, said Dorothy, and I am glad I was of use to these good friends. But now that each of them has had what he has most desired, and each is happy in having a kingdom to rule besides, I think I shall like to go back to Kansas. The silver shoes, said the good witch, have wonderful powers, and one of the most curious things about them is they can carry you to any place in the world in three steps, and each step will be made in the wink of an eye. All you have to do is to knock the heels together three times and command the shoes to carry you wherever you wish to go. If that is so, said the child joyfully, I will ask them to carry me to Kansas at once. She threw her arms around the lion's neck and kissed him, patting his big head tenderly. Then she kissed the tin woodman, who was weeping in a way most dangerous to his joints. But she hugged the soft-stuffed body of the scarecrow in her arms, instead of kissing his painted face, and found she was crying herself at this sorrowful parting from her loving comrades. Glinda the Good stepped from her ruby throne to give the little girl a goodbye kiss, and Dorothy thanked her for all the kindness she had shown to her friends and herself. Dorothy now took Toto up solemnly in her arms, and having said one last goodbye, she clapped the heels of her shoes together three times, saying, Take me home to Aunt Em. Instantly, she was whirling through the air, so swiftly that all she could see or feel was the wind whistling past her ears. The silver shoes put three times, and then she stopped so suddenly that she rolled over the grass several times before she knew where she was. At length, however, she sat up and looked about her. Good gracious, she cried, for she was sitting on the broad Kansas prairie, and just before her was the very farmhouse Uncle Henry built after the cyclone had carried away the old one. Uncle Henry was milking the cows in the barnyard, and Toto had jumped out of her arms and was running toward the barn, barking furious. Dorothy stood up and found she was in her stocking feet, for the silver shoes had fallen off in her flight through the air and were lost forever in the desert. Chapter 24 Home Again Aunt M had just come out of the house to water the cabbages, and she looked up and saw Dorothy running toward her. My darling child, she cried, folding the little girl in her arms and covering her face with kisses. Where in the world did you come from? From the land of Oz, said Dorothy gravely. And here's Toto, too. And oh, Aunt Em, I'm so glad to be at home again. 
thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you found the show helpful and want to make sure it's around for others to enjoy, please go to NanaksBedtimeStories.com and click on the Patreon button. There are various rewards and it ensures that the show will be here every Monday for a long time to come for those that need it. I wish you all a good night's sleep and a happy peaceful life. May the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Good night.